Welcome to a very special edition of the DiCaprio Host. Um, we are going to celebrate our actor, Lord and Savior. Um, <laughs> I'm going. I'm joined by not just my my co-host here and the DiCaprio Host. I am joined by baby saving Kalina tonight. So, <laughs> how are you doing today? <laughs> I, I did save a baby today, so I'm doing pretty well. I think I got some extra points for the good place. I think you did too. Um, you know, just talking about it, it's funny. I saw your tweet and then I responded to your tweet and then you text me. <laughs> I guess I, I am recording in a Starbucks right now because I don't have Wi-Fi anywhere else. So it's going to be super fun for you to exactly we she literally tweeted out something and i responded to it not five seconds later i got a oh my god we need to do a dicaprio podcast and i was like yes we do it's his birthday i mean we <laughs> are we are the dicaprio host i mean so duh so we're going to talk about dicaprio we're gonna talk about his career i think we could talk about some of his favorite uh, some of our favorite movies that he's been in um, obviously more recently with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which mm-hmm. he was truly phenomenal in. Um, seeing that movie a second time re- did reaffirm my love for that film. Like, I just watched it, and it was just such a great movie. Like, it's... It really is. Like, I, I literally, like, literally ready to own it, so I can watch it over and over and over and over again. You know? Me too, me too. Yeah, I'll so... I'll probably, honestly, it's one of those movies that I can see myself watching, like, two to three times a week. It's, which I have, I've done that before. It has such high replayability, though. Like, that's it the does. thing. Like, yeah. I think for me, personally, like, with Tarantino, I think that's, like, his most replayable movie in the history of, like, any of his movies. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Over I, Pulp Fiction? I think so, yeah. Pulp Fiction I think is it's, one of those movies that I'm always in the mood to watch. Always. I, I just think this one's a little bit more fun to watch, I guess the word would be. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like... You can kind of turn this on and put it on the background and be just... God, I swear sometimes when I film with Kalina, I just like her face, her like reaction to stuff is just priceless. It just makes my day. Like it's some, sometimes it's kind of distracting because it's so hilarious. I wasn't sure if she was reacting to me or the weird noises in the background at the Starbucks that time. So I really thought it was going to be quiet in here and it's, it's not been the case so far. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. So I'm going to hit you with the hardest question. What okay. is your least favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie? The Revenant. Really? Yeah. Look, that's it's really not that good of a film. It's not. Here's the thing. It's pre- how do how do I describe this? It's kind of like the girl that you'd go on a date with, but you wouldn't make your girlfriend like pretty to look at, but not pretty enough to take home. You know? That's the greatest reference <laughs> to a Leonardo DiCaprio movie I've ever heard in my life. That's how I feel about... That's like if Leo was interested in a model and then he found out she was 23 instead of 21. You're like, eh, almost good enough. Still pretty, but not enough. You know what's crazy? I would probably lean to, like, agree with you because when I went through his filmography, I really found it hard not to... Like, his his performance. And I guess if you take away... The Revenant was a solid movie. It just was, it wasn't a great movie. And right. you're right. It was beautiful to look at. But, like, it wasn't his best role by any means. Like, we literally talked about this. I talked about... I re- actually responded to your tweet and said my exact words was, Fassbender deserved that Oscar. And yep. it was the, thank you for really screwing you for as many years as we did at the Academy. This is your Oscar year. <laughs> and that's exactly what that was. I would say too if I was going with like a non cop out answer. I don't, I don't love the man in the Iron Mask. I appreciate what he did, kind of 
playing two roles yeah and kind of committing to it um but in terms of like is that a film that you know on a saturday night i feel like i want to sit down and watch absolutely it is not no no not even close (laughs) i mean that's that's, and the thing about it is at the same time like we criticize his filmography that early in his career and it's like I, I mean, he did pick some interesting movies after, you know, early on in his yeah, careers. Well, well, that was his um, kind of rebellion against Titanic. Like, he got so, I don't know if irritated is the right word, but when he rose to the literal overnight stardom after Titanic, everything in his personality rejected that. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to go do a bunch of movies that have nothing to do with Jack Dawson and are like these, you know, beautiful leading man roles. And I, I mean, the man in the iron mask was 98. So that was an immediate follow up to Titanic. Right. And, yeah. That you know, celebrity and then he, was, then yeah, and he, he did really... stuff like, uh, he did the beach, which I don't, I don't dislike the beach. It's a, a Danny Boyle movie. I think people forget that. And, um, it's just kind of odd. And it really wasn't until he came in with Scorsese in Gangs of New York, which I believe was 2002, if I'm not mistaken, yep. where he kind of started being a little bit more serious about it. Um, that's yeah, when, he, that's he when like, Leo grew up on the screen. He, he grew up on the screen in Gangs of New York. Yeah, because yeah. you got to think, like, he had Gangs of New York, then he had Catch Me If You Can, then he had Aviator, and then The Departed and Blood Diamond. Like, that... Okay, I'll, first I'm going to stop by saying, like, that is one... M- amazing run for one actor you know most actors would love just to have a a a six film you know five or six film run like that and be that good in every single one of those i love gangs of new york i'm a big fan of gangs of new york and then of course you follow it up with catch me if you can which i just watched like a week ago for the first time no god no oh my god no for like the 150 no no no, Catch Me If You Can. Oh my god, I can watch that movie over and over and over. It's my second favorite Tom Hanks movie that Tom Hanks was ever in, but it's it's one of my favorite Leo roles cuz he plays so many characters in that film and just his person. I felt like when I watched it, I felt like I kind of watched Leonardo DiCaprio in real life. It was just like the transition of he kind of grew up in that film the same way like he kind of grew up from the Titanic too these sorts of films and i really enjoyed that about that film right but yeah i had a i think so i always when people ask me about it because he's my favorite actor of all time he's like if i have to pin who's responsible for what got me into movie making i pin it to inception so i pin it to him and, and nolan and so people always ask me like oh what's your favorite leo film i used to go back and forth and i would like you know say a bunch were tied but i would always go back to catch me if you can and that was it was my first introduction to Spielberg. Um, I'd already been a Hanks fan. I kind of grew up on Tom Hanks movies, but that one I was like, oh, I really like that guy in this movie. And then I always called it the Arrow movie because the disc for Catch Me If You Can had the two blue arrows. And so I remember literally being like, you know, six or seven, being like, Mom, I want to watch the Arrow movie. I want to watch the Arrow movie. And so I have such like a special... I guess plays in my heart for that movie. And then I also rewatched it last week. In fact, before my Ford versus Ferrari screening, I whipped out my laptop while I was sitting in the theater that's waiting fantastic. for it to start and I was watching Catch Me. I remember you posted that picture. I was like, that's such yes. a baller move. Like you're sitting inside a movie theater and you just whip out the laptop and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to watch a movie while I wait for this movie to start. I was like, what a baller move. I gotta say it really holds up and I think I, I think that kind of finalized for me that that is my favorite DiCaprio movie like I can I can justify others easily but I think when it comes down to it that one's my favorite yeah see 
I, I am the same way. I, I go back and forth of what my favorite um, DiCaprio movie is. I think what my most underrated favorite movie of his is, is The Great Gatsby. Um, it is very underrated. Um, I don't think... The thing about it was, the thing about Great Gatsby is, is it came out the same year Wolf of Wall Street did. So mm. it was very easy to forget that film even came out. Um, I felt the same way. This is like completely off topic. I don't know what made me think of it, but it made me think of Christian Bale, the year of American Hustle. Out of the Furnace came out that year, and Out of the Furnace is so good, and American Hustle is trash. Exactly, he was so good in Out of the Furnace, and then he gets nominated for just American Hustle, and it really hurt my soul. And I know it's off topic, but that's the same way. Like he was so good as Jay Gatsby. Like he was so good. Oh my god. So- Two things I want to interject with. One, I paid to go see out of the furnace in theaters. I just want to put that out there. I was one of the six people who saw that movie. Same. And um, Gatsby, I hold only second place to Infinity War, which is just its own thing. Um, Gatsby is the second best viewing experience I've ever had in a cinema because I went and saw it at this giant theater in Texas that seats... I kid you not, I think it's upwards of 400 people in this one theater. It's a gigantic, like, XD theater. And I went, you know, the night before it opened, and it was a big thing. The theater was filled. And the moment that Leo turns with the glass and says, I'm Gatsby, and the fireworks explode behind them, the entire theater erupted, like my seat vibrated. I have never seen that large of a crowd be so excited that... You know, this character, this actor was, like, making their debut. Um, I love Gatsby so much. But what's interesting about Gatsby going against Wolf of Wall Street is that originally Gatsby was going to be released on Christmas Day and go against Django. So no matter what, he was going to be fighting against himself. Yeah, exactly. And so at least they were kind of spaced out within, you know, those 12 months. And, you know, he's so great at Wolf. I mean, I think most people I know will say Wolf is his best performance. But to be honest, I think people only say that because we hadn't really seen him go extreme like that before. Another one of his movies that I think is really underrated is This Boy's Life that he did with Robert De Niro when he was like 18 years old. And so many people haven't seen that movie. And they, I think in most people's minds, they think Leo went from like Critters 3 to... Uh, that TV show that he was on that I can't think of the name of. Wrong and things. then was he eating Gilbert Grape? And then I think he, they think he just jumped to like Romeo Juliet and then yeah. Titanic. Like I think they forget his in between and him working on this boy's life with Robert De Niro is how he got to Scorsese because then De Niro went to Scorsese and was like, I just worked with this kid. His name's DiCaprio. You've got to, you know, kind of check him out. And so Leo went and read for Gangs of New York when he was 18 the movie was trying to get made that long and at the time marty basically told him that he wasn't like quite the right age but he was still interested and so that's why it ended up not you know being put out until 2002 because they're kind of waiting for leo to age into the role but i love 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 that movie yeah see and that transitions into one of i think one of the biggest oscar snubs in my entire like the fact that he didn't win an oscar for what's eating gilbert great is absurd absolute travesty and he was so good in that movie like that role like i went when i watch it i watched a long long time ago but then i watched Mm -hmm. it a few years back when i went through his whole entire filmography and i watched that role and that movie that him in that movie really moved me like it moved like it moves your soul and just when he finds out his mom dies i don't think i've ever like i just uncontrollably ugly cried 
for yeah. countless like the movie was playing pro I rewound it because like it was playing for a solid I think maybe 20 minutes after that and I didn't remember mm -hmm. anything that I just witnessed because I, it was just uncontrollable sobbing coming from me because the role was obviously hard and and yeah. to see him be able to act at that age that way I can imagine watching back in 1993 when this role came out, and I'm like, if I would have, I mean, obviously, like, I was seven in 93, so, <laughs> you know what I mean? But watching it now, it's just, it's a hard watch. It is a very hard watch. It is, and, and keep in mind, too, what I think makes it especially impressive is that his co-star in that movie was 90s Johnny Depp. Yeah. That was prime Johnny Depp, yeah. and Leo was the better performance yeah. at a considerably younger age. Not shocking. Not to dis not to discount Johnny Depp at all, but I I just think comparatively, it's just kind of like an extra, you know, ruling in his favor that he was not only that good just in general, but especially that age, and then especially compared to his castmates and Juliette Lewis in that movie too. I love her. She's so darling in that movie, but it's it's Leo's show all the way. For sure. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um to me i'm trying to remember i know he lost to um uh, he lost to tommy lee jones for the fugitive which actually is a fantastic movie but uh, and tommy lee jones is really good in it he is but i'm sorry i mean i've seen the fugitive probably 20 times but there's no way mm -hmm. that his performance as that supersedes dicaprio there so yeah let's you know what i just realized that i i want to say this out loud so it's on the show when you go to put this together, because I have my headphones in and I'm on my phone, you're going to hear me swallowing my coffee, like, very distinctly. <laughs> and there's going to be no way to cut around that. So <laughs> I well, feel like I would rather just if, address it than pretend like it's not there. <laughs> if you if you remember correctly, last time you... Um, uh, let's I, not. Let's actually not talk let's, about anything not, that happened Okay, let, we won't talk. I've literally thought about several times cutting that out and posting it, but I have not yet, so... That um, was hard. It was hilarious. It was very, very funny, though. <laughs> so for me, like, I, I actually really, transitioning off of going from What's Eating Gilbert Grape and then going to The Basketball Diaries, I really like that movie. Don't, don't get me, me wrong. Too. It's not a great film by any means, but it's a very good film that, like, he was really good in it. I really enjoyed Basketball Diaries a whole lot. And I don't think he's ever played a drug addict separate from that movie. Am I correct? Yeah, you're 100% right. I feel like maybe he's too old now. Like, I don't think a mid-40s drug addict. Or maybe a recovering? Old. Maybe, like, a recovering? Not, not that, like, the literal age is incorrect. No, but, but... How do I say this in a nice way? So Leo's face just kind of got rounder as he got older. Yeah. And he's not fat, and he's not ugly, but I feel oh, he's like... Celebrate. He rocks he's... that dyed bod. He rocks that well, bod. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like... Facially, Christian though. Bale, I'm saying facially. Christian Bale, well. at his age, could yeah. do drug addict. No problem. I mean, and Leo, I just feel like, doesn't have the physique for it. And I feel disappointed in that, because even though I think he is really wonderful in the basketball diaries, and the fact that he was younger did make it more compelling and more heartbreaking to watch, I would kind of love to see, like, a matured version of someone who's in that kind of stage of their life and going through that. And I just don't feel like we're going to get that out of him. No, because, honestly, he is... I mean, I think that maybe if he got a little scruff on the face, you know what I mean? Maybe he yeah. did, you know, try to do it. Maybe a recovering or on the verge. That was actually, that's one role. Like, if you think about it, that's that would be one that maybe 10, maybe five years ago, we could have probably gotten that out of him and it would have been, yeah. you know, but you're right. There's, 
I love his selection of movies. You know what I mean? Like he, it's so interesting. It is. It's different. It's unique. Like when he selected Wolf of Wall Street, and I first saw that trailer, I was like, "Oh my god, this is the Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio I've waited for my entire life." Like, like hard R DiCaprio. Like you have obviously you have several movies of his that were just you know rode the line, but none of them ever ever rode the line that Wolf of Wall Street did. And I mean, the opening scene of the movie is him snorting cocaine out of a hooker's butt crack. Like, those are facts. It, yeah, 1,000% <laughs> facts. Like, it was just, I've never, like, I've never been more excited about it. I saw that movie in theaters, I think, maybe 10 times. Okay, I think, yeah, I think I clocked around some somewhere. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was just so good to watch him in such a different role. I mean, but look at his, like, if you look at his character, I mean, of course, then obviously you have the, you had Romeo and Juliet, you had Marvin's mm-hmm. Room, you have Titanic, and then, of course, we talked about... Um, I love Marvin's Room, So do I. Fantastic movie. Fanta- fantastic cast as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, Meryl Streep and Diane Keaton. Of course, you had De Niro in there as well. I mean, that's... Yeah. It was a pretty strong oh, cast. that's right. What? Did you just remember De Niro was in it? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Oh, my God, yes. That movie I had never seen before, before watching the filmography, and I watched it, and I'm like, wow, this is a really good film. Like, it was really good. Yeah, it was very good. It was surprising to me. I, I don't know why. I mean, I'm. it's not that I'm not a street fan, because she's a goat. It's, it's, an, it's an odd movie. It is. It's yeah, different. It's kind of one of those ones that easily kind of slides to the back burner and you just kind of forgot it was there but it's good it's good i guess we would be remiss to talk about titanic i mean obviously i mean (laughs) okay i have to just that happened (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's hilarious yep um i feel like i have to just be very direct and upfront about my relationship with titanic it is absurd it is unhealthy. It is. At least you're um, honest about it. There's, I don't, there's so many adjectives. So here are just some bullet points I'll list about my relationship with Titanic. In the year 2011, and it was 2011 because once Inception came out, that's when I kind of latched onto DiCaprio. And I was like, oh, I need to see everything this man has ever done. Yep. I, of course, I'd seen Titanic. I'd watched it several times as a kid. Like, I had the, you know, two VHS pack where you had to switch it halfway through the movie, yada, yada. I became so latched onto that movie that just between 2011 and 2012 alone, and I counted, I kept a literal notepad tally. I stopped counting after the 135th time I had watched it. That is an actual number. And I don't mean like I watched 10 minutes or I watched half of it. I mean, the full three hours, 45 minutes, however long it is, I stopped counting after that. That doesn't count any of the times before. That doesn't count any of the times after. That doesn't count when it comes back into theaters periodically and I go see it a minimum of three times then. I have every reason to believe I have seen this film upwards of 200 times as an actual number. I have been to every traveling Titanic exhibit that has come through Texas or Chicago. I have touched part of the Titanic, like the actual on one of the plates that was at the bottom of the front of the ship. I, when I had to go to Chicago in May because I thought my grandpa had had a stroke, which turns out he had not had a stroke, I drove three hours out of my way for a total six-hour detour to go to to the Titanic Museum in Branson. I have sweatshirts. I have a replica of the Heart of the Ocean necklace. I mean, this, 
I dressed up as Jack for Halloween on multiple occasions. Like, there is no beginning or end to where my love for this movie exists. Like, it's just, it's just there. It's just, it's ever present. And I say this as being someone who is an open, how do I, I don't want to say hater. I'm very critical of James Cameron. Same. And, and the, the thing I always go back to is like, I can go on a rant about something he's done wrong and I'll be like, but Titanic. <laughs> that's his, ma- I mean, that's, that's James Cameron's masterpiece. It will forever be, he will never make another film that good, period. I'm sorry, I, that's not going to be a popular thing for anybody to hear, but I really don't care, obviously, at the same time. <laughs> but like, he, that, that is his, that is his film. You know what I mean? That was, yeah. So I say this very, very, like, comparing as a person's masterpiece like i think todd phillips's masterpiece will forever be joker he will never make yeah. another film as good as the joker and he might I mean, make the hangover a, three doesn't go up to par with joker for you. hangover three <laughs> was actually hangover better three? than two so i mean did i actually like three of them i like three better than two no but did phillips actually direct all three of them did he oh i don't know now i don't know Hang on. Fact check. Fact check. Yeah, I know. Fact right in the middle check, of the podcast. Check. Don't you have something awesome to say right now while I'm Googling? Um, uh, Leo was <laughs> named um, when his mom was at the Louvre in Paris, and she was looking at a Da Vinci painting, and Leo kicked for the first time. And so she named him Leonardo because of that. His middle name, I think, is Wilhelm. He speaks German. Love He's 45 today. Um... He was really close to his grandma. His mom yes, he directed all three. Him. Keep going. Okay. He directed all three. <laughs> so I was just going to keep listening fast. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You like you filled time perfectly. I mean, that's. I mean, there's. I couldn't have asked for a better time filler for you know all DiCaprio related facts. Yes, he did direct all three of them. So um, okay. So yeah. So yeah, I don't think he'll I agree. ever. Joker's his masterpiece. Yeah, and for me, Cameron's the same way. Because I, I'm not, I'm not a James Cameron fan. Nothing against the guy. Um, Avatar is not a good movie. I don't care what anybody I says. I refuse to see it. I don't. I, it's been ten years. I won't watch it. I don't care. I watched it, and then I was very upset. And then it went on and made money. Like I was so excited. Endgame passed it. I needed <laughs> something in my life that was good enough for it like to pass that movie i didn't care what movie it did it just had to be any movie at all and don't they procreate by like touching their hair or something yes i think yeah I, no thank you <laughs> no she said nothing. i'm fine right it's just it was so it's so has, bad like it's just has sam worthington even done anything since then at least zoe saldana went and joined the guardians has sam done anything let's see while we're fact checking here Sam More Worthington. Like Sam, not Worthington. Am I right? <laughs> he uh, he did some uh, stand-in for Call of Duty Black Ops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was featuring that guy who was the voice in Avatar. Hex, he was Captain Glover in. Uh, oh, he was in that movie, the the Shack. Remember that? That was the chick flick from uh, what was that? Last year, year before that? Did you? What? It was called the no. Shack. Oh my god, you didn't see The Shack? No, and I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I really think that this just went a turn for the worse. I'm going to give you... A grieving man receives a mysterious personal invitation to meet with God at the place called The Shack. Wait, God? Yes. 
A grieving man receives a mysterious personal invitation to meet with God at a place called the shack. Oh, I hate when that happens. <laughs> Don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> um, so, to be honest with you, no, Sam Worthington has not done anything at all since then. Um, I, to be honest with you, I, I've, I've seen the Titanic several times. I have not seen it 2,333 times like you have. <laughs> but... Um, if you want, for the rest of the 30 minutes, I can just start from the beginning and recite the film word for word. I mean, we might get to that point. I, that's a different podcast for a different day, but I would <laughs> I would play any other character with you, and I'll just, I would just recite the title. That's what we're going to do. As a DiCaprio host, we're just going to recite all of his screenplays for the rest of our, you know. Figure life's a gift, and I don't intend on wasting I can go. I can go right now. I can do... I, I'll, okay, I'll just list some other facts. So, and I want you to draw me like one of your French girl scenes. He moves the bench three times, forward, back, forward. He takes the pillow from the left and stacks it on the right, and then he taps it twice. And then when he starts sharpening his pencil, he takes the knife and he sharpens it 22 times. And it's like, I've actually counted. Like, these are true facts. Depending on which channel it airs on, I can tell you when the commercial breaks are... I mean, I really got facts for days about this movie. It's fantastic. I can tell you, I can tell you what the spit was made out of that uh, Kate Winslet spits onto um, Billy Zane. I can tell you how many takes that took. I can tell you about the deleted scenes. I got it. I I, I, I don't I I to be honest with you, if I ever if I ever was on. Um, you know, and if, if I was on a game show and needed to phone a friend, <laughs> actually, to be honest with you, I, I would probably be able to handle most DiCaprio stuff. But maybe sure. when it came to the Titanic, I will make sure that you're my phone a friend, just because. I mean, speaking you know. of DiCaprio, that's a good segue to get back to him because we <laughs> ventured off really far. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, DiCaprio, if you're not listening, we uh, we will go back to your filmography now. Okay. Yes. Um, I would be remitted to say to not talk about one of my all-time favorite films, and that's The Departed. I yes, The Departed. I have seen that film. I have an unhealthy obsession with that film. It's one of my top five yeah. all-time favorite movies, like Same. all time. Same and it's just, um, I don't know what this like. There is that film is perfect. Um, there are several scenes in that film. <laughs> there's several scenes in that film that just blow me away. Um, I mean that cast. Is there has there ever been a better looking cast in a movie? I'm sorry. No, I do. I do love that cast. Well, well, I'll say the Avengers cast. They're all pretty studly. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that that is very true. That was a bad comment, but still, it's DiCaprio, so <laughs> it's, it's about the it's incredible. It's an incredible cast that they put together, and the the talent, like it's. It's a big force that they, they threw in there. Yeah, I love... And I'll be honest with you, that was, like, my my favorite Nicholson role, like, ever. Yeah. I loved him in that movie. He was such a boss in that movie. Like, I just... Like, everything that he said... <laughs> I'll start doing my Departed Impressions. <laughs> oh, my... I, when he smashes his hand... Oh, my God. Like, oh, I don't know. There's just so much I can replay in, about The Departed in my head. I just love that film. I loved Matt Damon in that film. I loved Wahlberg in that film. Like, everybody. <laughs> but I loved the interactions between Nicholson and every single character in this movie. I loved how much of a smartass he was with within the entire movie. That movie, I mean, obviously Scorsese finally got his due. You know, he got his. It, it, and it was well-deserved. I don't care what anybody says. It was not the, you know, 
whatever you want to call it. Obviously, he should have won a lot more directing um, uh, Oscars besides that. But that movie, to me, is just... I don't know. I've watched it so many times. It's just a beautiful film. And I just love the... Like, the ending was such a boss ending. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. They're, the writing of each character within that film... Scorsese does a fantastic job of that. He did a very good job with the Irishman in that. Like, his writing of characters... I don't think there's anybody better that from start oh, to finish so like i was thinking about like i did i was writing my review about the the irishman today and yeah. i was thinking about how his writing of characters and the character development within his movies there's nobody that touches it like there isn't and the way the same way that he does that the way he builds up um you know his characters within the departed is beautiful like i mean you just have so many different scenes that really kind of go out of the way to kind of develop these characters and the way he was able to with DiCaprio in this was magnificent. Yeah, I think it's one of my favorites um, for Leo. I think one of my favorites for Scorsese. And um, I haven't seen, so it's based off a movie called Infernal Affairs. Um, and apparently it's almost like a, I don't want to say shot for shot remake, but apparently it's very, very similar um, to the one that it's based off of. It just kind of, modernized and americanized i've actually watched um, it i don't know okay, okay. I've, 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 so it's, it's pretty it's, similar it's pretty similar it's really good too though it's like really really good like it's a yeah, yeah. it's a very very good but like yeah it's almost shot for shot i would say eerily similar and but man <laughs> yeah i will say too um so this week four years ago was when i went to boston for the first time and Boston's amazing. I, I say the first time. It's the only time I've been. I'm dying to go back. <laughs> but I, one of the main reasons I wanted to go was because I wanted to go do the movie tour there. And I cannot verify because I have not been back. But at the time for the movie tour that I took, which apparently was the main one, I was told that I held a record for being the only person who was able to answer... Um, one of the Matt Damon questions without looking up their phone. And I was also told that... The fact that I knew every answer was frustrating, and I was literally asked to stop answering questions on the sport, which was great. Um, the question, for the record, I will pose it to you because it's I got it on its technicality, and I think that's what frustrated a lot of people. What is the first movie that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were in together? Uh, well, then, it, uh, Clerks 2? No, I'm gonna because keep in mind it's a technicality. Okay, what's my technicality then? They're not starring in it. They're not starring in it. God. I'm Googling it right now. Well, I'll just tell you. They were extras together in Field of Dreams. Were they really? Yes. I don't know why I know that, but that is technically the correct answer. I would have um, been really mad that you would have gotten that. Because, like, <laughs> I'm sure they were like, you know what? Nobody is going to get... This is... This is our this is our question that nobody ever gets, and we're gonna ask it, and we're about to drop some knowledge on these individuals on this tour, and yeah. I can just imagine you just stood up and said "fill the dreams" or whatever, and like, yeah, I would yeah, have been. Yeah, they pretty... were they were shook, and so to my knowledge, I'm the person who still holds that record. But all that to say that, of course, I mean, the Boston Film Tour is basically the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Mark Wahlberg film tour. Okay, there's they're like the three guys who own Boston, basically. And so we were going to a lot of filming locations for The Departed, and of course I knew them all, um, but getting to just see those buildings and those locations in person was, was really exciting. And then we go to 
the building where Martin Sheen is thrown off the roof, right? Like where they have their meetings. And we go to the exact spot. And I went, I was like, oh, oh, I know what this is. We're getting close. I'm like, the spot you're standing, that's where Martin Sheen's body is. And that's where Leo, and I like recreated the whole scene. And they're like, why you like this? Like, why why can't you just be part of the tour? But it was really funny. Um, My favorite part was the guy was like getting all excited. And I had like backed, I, you know, stayed pretty quiet. And I was like letting him do his thing. And we're standing outside the building and he's like, all right, there's one thing that's in this movie that I don't think anyone knows about. And it's something that was put in there by Scorsese. And it was this um, like visual element, almost like an Easter egg. And I was like, oh, you mean the crosses that you see in the shadows right before someone dies? And he's like, how, how, how do you know? Like he got so upset. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. If you pay attention right before any person dies in the movie, you'll yep. see a cross somewhere, whether it's a shot, whatever. And he got so mad, and I was like, yeah, because, like, the, like, Catholicism, like, and I, 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 like, started going off about it, and he's like, whatever, like, tour's over, we're done. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> You've been officially kicked off the tour, please, ma'am. Please excuse yourself over here to the left. But, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And then I, like, pulled out my phone, and I started playing the Howard Shore score, and he's like, can you... You're so extra. Like, why are you? <laughs> he literally told me, he's like, do you just want my job? And I was like, I don't know where you are. I mean, just move to Boston. <laughs> like, how much you make an hour? <laughs> I'm debating like it right dollars. now. Oh. <laughs> I'm guessing. That's hilarious. I get, like, that's, it, it, it doesn't surprise me, like, at, at all. Like, I mean, I mean, no offense, Kalina, like, you're adorable, but, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> like, it just doesn't surprise But that's the thing, though, like, when you love movies, when you love movies, like you can recite a lot of yeah. stupid things in your head. Like, yeah, I one of my all-time favorite movies is Training Day. I love that movie. Oh, okay. I have that movie. <laughs> that's not what I thought you would say. <laughs> it's and I'll tell you why it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Okay, so it's one of the first movies that that when I was okay, so I was like fifteen, I think, when I came out or whatever. So we were living in a hotel at the time and my sister and I so I printed off the script and I memorized the entire script I of training that. day and like my sister I would obviously play Denzel I mean obviously be <laughs> obviously. Denzel I mean that's the what best you one. Ethan Hawke though no, exa- nobody wants to be Ethan Hawke um, but <laughs> sorry Ethan Hawke I have an Ethan Hawke story he's, he's very weird that doesn't I'm, I'm, I, and that doesn't surprise me at all. But like, that's the thing. Like, that was one of the first things I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna make film." So I watched that movie, and I just love Denzel in that movie so much, like so, so, so much. It's like I'm, peak Denzel. It, it is. I'm still mad he won the Oscar because I thought Russell Crowe and Beautiful Mind was so, so good too. But yeah. that was peak Russell Crowe too. It's only been downhill since. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording and hosting. And distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. And ridiculously easy to use. And now... Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if if you've always wanted to start a podcast making money to do it, go to anchor.fm slash start. To join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. Singing Les Mis didn't redeem it for you? No. God, no. But so that's what that's like for me. Like that was what my kind of turn for the love was. I need to hear the Ethan Hawke story though. 
It's brief. I so I'm I didn't tell you when I met him on the Mag Seven set. Uh uh-uh. uh. You sure? Mm-hmm. So I I was supposed to work on Magnificent Magnificent Seven. It shot in Louisiana, and the set was actually really cool. They were filming in some rural like part of town, and they literally rebuilt um, like an entire western town to scale inside and outside the. The art department the set deck was like really thorough about it so you you could literally walk like it was a completely practical set and i was playing one of the what's a nice way to put this a lady of the night if you will there was a selective group that were supposed to be with like you know pratt and ethan and, and their little gang but i was one of like the classy ones who was like going to get a better life and so i got to have my buttons all the way buttoned up and i got like the nicer closed-toed shoes and i got like the longer skirt i was pretty excited because i'm a relatively modest person and um so we were doing the scene and we were going to literally get to jump in like a horse and carriage and we got to put like our luggage on top and it was very exciting and then we were having problems with the weather and it's a rule when you're filming that if um if, if there's like thunder and rain you're okay but if there's lightning then production has to be shut down because it becomes a safety issue with the equipment and so we had been kind of rehearsing around the rain and thunder and then there ended up being lightning so the shoot got canceled we had rain for a week so long story short i never ended up getting to go back and actually film for it because i had other projects that i was doing but while we were waiting for the rain to go down I was sitting um, out in this tent and Ethan just walks by. So he comes over and introduces himself to us ladies of the night because there were like six or seven. And I think he was going to pick one to be like his personal lady in the scene. And I, I literally, this is not a lie, one of them was going to be licking his ear in the scene. And I was like, I do not want to be the person who has to lick Ethan Hawke's ear. Like we are getting paid very low. I would absolutely require a bump to lick anyone's ear. But he comes up to introduce us, you know, or introduce himself to us, himself to us. And he's like talking to people and he's shaking one girl's hand. And he's just looking at me and looking at me. And he's almost looking at me like he knows me. And I was like, okay. And then he goes to shake my hand and he's staring at me and he just keeps shaking my hand. Like 30 seconds go by and he's still shaking my hand. And I was like, nice to meet you. Um, you know, boyhood was dope. Um, you know, Before Sunrise, a great movie. Like I, like, I didn't know what to say. Like, I don't normally, if I meet an actor, I don't talk about their movies, but, like, he wouldn't go away, so I didn't know what else to say. He just keeps shaking my hand and shaking my hand, and then he finally turns his attention to the girl next to me and starts shaking her hand. Then as he's shaking her hand, he turns, and he's just looking at me again. And she's talking to him, and he's responding to her, but he's just looking at me, and I'm like, do I got spinach in my teeth? Like, what is going on? You know, because I wasn't even dressed like the, the you know, seductress. Like, I was, like, the classy one who probably had, like, a kid or something, you know? At least that's what my backstory was. Like, I had a kid that I was supporting. And then their, kind of their actor's area was not far from where ours was, but it was hot out between the rain. And so they went to go put Ethan and I think Vincent, maybe Chris, I think as well, went to go sit, like, an SUV that had the AC on. And it was parked right next to where I was sitting. So guess who hops in the front seat and is just like smiling at me while I'm eating my goldfish. And he's just chilling in his AC. So to this day, like I never found out. I don't know what his whole thing was. I don't know if he just was like maybe trying to place me like he thought he knew me. Or maybe, you know, the fake braid they put in my hair looked stupid. Like I don't know what it was. But it was so bizarre. And I have yet 
to see him again, so I have no way of like correcting I, this interaction. So forever, I, my, I need you. My... <laughs> I, I need you to like meet him again, just so like he could just like like I want it to happen again. Like I want y'all to meet again, <laughs> and he just stares at you like the entire time. I think that'd be fantastic. It's hard to describe because when I tell that story to people, they're like, "Oh, obviously he was into you," and I was like, "No, like I can't describe it. Like I didn't get the feeling that he was like." being creepy about it but just the fact that he wouldn't stop looking at me and like wouldn't elaborate on it that in turn kind of made it creepy if that makes sense yeah no, it makes but plenty I, of sense. I, I i feel very the best way i've ever heard ethan hawk described is i saw a tweet about him once that said ethan hawk is like that celebrity that started acting and accidentally got famous more like oh shit well i guess you're just kind of here now <laughs> and honestly <laughs> i mean where's the lie for real like it's so funny to me because like i've never i mean i don't know how this turns into like an ethan hawk bashing party but i've never really seen it like i just i don't mind ethan hawk like i'm not uh i'm not opposed to ethan hawk but i'm just i'm not for ethan hawk either like i can't say that i've ever gone to the theater because i heard that ethan hawk had a new movie coming out i'll put it that way that exactly like the only- like if I see a movie and Ethan's in it, I'm like, oh, okay, Ethan Hawke is in this. But I've right. never been like, well, my Saturday night Saturday night plans are set because Ethan Hawke has a new movie out. I'll be there at 7 p.m. <laughs> I'll be there the night before. Like I, yeah, I mean, I never stopped what I was doing and seen a midnight showing of a of an Ethan Hawke movie. So nor I. Nor I guess we could be reminisced to say as we wind down. Now we transition back into our back to Leo. Uh, back to Leo. It is his birthday. And all. How did we get to? Ethan I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I love how we just go down rabbit trails. It's oh, it's boy. truly fantastic. We did that on the first show we did together. We were talking about our best favorite movies of the year, and then somehow we went into like ranking our favorite Marvel or comic book movies, and then we like oh, yeah. it was it was just fantastic how it transitioned. Um, yeah, I guess we would be remiss to talk about the two films that came out in 2010, which I also loved, and that's Are obviously. Are you just skipping over Blood Diamond and Revolutionary Road? Well, I mean, you just said you were on a time crunch, so I'm not. Yeah, but I, you're not going to hit the... I mean, the 2000s, I feel like you can hit the major points. Okay, fine. Blood, Blood Diamond, uh, obviously. Blood Diamond okay, is... So Blood Diamond, um, same when years I saw departed. that movie, I... Oh, wait, Blood Diamond was 2006? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think he it was, was 2008. He was nominated with that year for that. Oh, oh, okay. I was getting confused. Well, then <laughs> there's another incorrect thing I've said on the show. Um... <laughs> So when I saw Blood Diamond, I have like a love-hate relationship with that movie because I remember I was at one of my big like Italian family dinners at Olive Garden that we used to do when I originally lived in Chicago, and we talked about going to see a movie after, and I was like, oh, I want to go see Blood Diamond, and I only recognized him as like that guy from Titanic, and rightfully so, all of my family members were like, no, you're 10 years old, you're not going to see Blood Diamond, and I was like but the Titanic guy's in it. I want to go see the movie. And they wouldn't let me. And I remember so distinctly, like my grandpa was going to take me and then my mom shoot him out. I was like, no, she's not going to go see that movie. I saw it years later and it ruined me. Like I will not wear any kind of diamond jewelry. I don't care what it is. I don't care if in five years I'm at the Oscars and I'm nominated and they want to put me in this beautiful, I won't do it. I won't do it because I will believe in my head that Leo or someone or some child had to get a hand cut off for that diamond to go to London and then be made and like made into my ring. I won't do it. And so I tell people eventually when I get engaged, if 
a man pops a question, he has a diamond ring. I'll be like, nope, you are not the one for me because you would have known better. If you love me like you say you love me, then you would know that I will not be wearing this diamond ring. So I love Blood Diamond. I love his accent in it. I think the movie, for as gruesome as it is, is really watchable. But it makes me sad. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I go, I go back. And, that's one of those ones that, like, maybe twice a year I could watch Blood Diamond. Like, I would love that to be, like, a... Uh a love connection episode or something and you're on there and it's like <laughs> can you name the one thing <laughs> yeah that would be great i love blood diamond i don't think he gets enough credit for that movie um i think there's a lot of that in his filmography just because like little yeah. man movies like obviously he was nominated for that role um but um at the same was like, he nominated over departed yes he wasn't nominated oh, for the Departed. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. The, yeah, the Departed. Departed was really um, for the acting. Obviously, for acting, it was only nominated. For, Mark Wahlberg's the only one that got nominated acting-wise. I don't. I don't want to talk about that now. I'm feeling upset. <laughs> <laughs> I have feelings. <laughs> Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking bad news to Kalina on the podcast here. <laughs> She's got all sorts of feelings about it. So we'll flip to... Though, though I will say, I do love the scene when he is in Blood Diamond, when he's talking to Jennifer Connelly. And oh, what's the quote? I think he says, Sometimes I look around this place and I wonder, will God forgive us what we for what we've done to each other? But then I look around and I realize... God left this place a long time ago. I'm like, yeah. Baller. He did. It gets me every time, man. And he's like, he's in front of like the little fire and he's like drinking that liquor out of the milk jug. And then Jennifer Connelly's like, oh damn, that's sad. And he's like, yeah, dude, I know. <laughs> and then they bang. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Perfect transition for Revolutionary Road. <laughs> <laughs> Which I watched today. Did you Same really? Week safely while driving through a snowstorm i watched that movie <laughs> that sounds very very safe yes <laughs> um i love that movie very much yep. of course i'm going to be very biased towards any movie that reunites kate and leo but i think it is so often forgot that that is a sam mendes and roger deakins movie yep. that is not talked about enough that is a sam mendes and roger deakins movie and everyone's like getting excited for excuse me 1917 which is great i agree but that's, you know, they did Revolutionary Road. And I, the script, um, in the movie, the script plays out like it should be staged, like it should be theatrical. And it's based off a novel, so maybe that's its intention. And so I do think the, the script, the adaptation could have been better to make it feel more fluid and more natural to be on a screen. But Kate and Leo are so good together in that movie michael yep. shannon and kathy bates is supporting are incredible i forgot that david harbour was in that movie that was a fun surprise to see him as shep today um but it also has if i had to pick like top five leo moments for me revolutionary road has one of them when he and kate have the big fight and he screams at her that she's an empty empty hollow shell of a woman and she's not worth you know the the gunpowder it would take to blow her up and it's oh it gives me chills it's an impressive. I love that movie. I, he's such. I love his attention to detail in scenes. I love the way he's able to articulate 
the page, like the words on the page. You know what I mean? Like nobody, in my opinion, I, I think, in my opinion, I think, to, I mean, it's biased in a way, but I think DiCaprio is probably, he's probably, my, he's obviously my fav, favorite actor, but I think with his filmography and the variety of movies he's done, I think he's one of the best actors of all time. And I mean, personally, in my opinion, I think he's the best, but obviously I could look at that as a biased decision as well. But I think the way he's been able to make so many different films and be so great in every single role, I think that's what makes him great. I mean, he's just hes just a fantastic actor. I mean, period. Yeah. I mean, I even liked Body of Lies. Not a lot of people did. I enjoyed it. It wasn't the greatest film, but... It's also his worst physical look. Brown hair, brown beard, brown eye contacts, a mediocre Russell Crowe. Yeah. Yeah, it's like was I that said. His other 2008 movie is that what I always think came out in 2008? Yeah, that that came out in 2008 okay. with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I said, like I said, you know, that came out in 2008, seven years after Russell Crowe peaked in A Beautiful Mind. So I don't even know who directed that, and that says something. If Body I don't of know Lies. Director, Ridley Scott, actually. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, that's a Ridley Scott movie. That is a Ridley Scott film. Oh, I am just a whole other layer of upset that I've never been before about that movie. Which will transition into another fantastic Scorsese and DiCaprio movie, Shutter Island. I would... Okay, this is going to be a bold statement because I know there's a lot of people who like it. I might go as far to say is Shutter Island is Leo's most underrated popular film, if that makes sense. Because he has a lot of other unpopular films breathe. that are underrated but i i think shutter island is a masterpiece yep. and i don't feel like enough people remember to talk about it when they're talking about him as scorsese it's not that i don't think it wasn't seen it's not that i don't think it wasn't received well but maybe because it doesn't have that rewatchability factor because it's so disturbing and eerie and kind of hard to watch i think people almost forget to mention it and i think it come it coming out the same year inception did too I feel like he's done oh, that. God, yeah. You know, it's he's done that several times in his career. You know, with with um, what a tough life making so many good movies but <laughs> <we> get forgotten. <laughs> right. God, I how mean, annoying. like Wolf of Wall Street, twenty thirteen. You had, and then of course you had the you know Gatsby on the backside of that, and then of course mm. now you have, you know, Inception, which was a phenomenal movie, Amazing. but then also Shutter Island that same year, and it's like, man. You know, and again, the same thing, The Departed and Blood Diamond. You know, both of those phenomenal movies. And it's like, if he if he makes two movies in a year, they're both amazing, period. Like, he's just so good. But, like, Shutter Island, like, I can, oh, my God. Like, I think I just want to go watch that movie right now. See, I might argue, so we said which was our least favorite movies. I would say my favorite DiCaprio movie is Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. But I would say what I think is his best performance I I feel like Wolf of Wall Street is an easy answer so I would probably say Shutter Island or Django just because yeah. that was the first time we kind of saw him villainous I mean Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is so special to me and so different and I do love when Leo is like in a vulnerable state um, but because it's so fresh I'll keep it out of my contenders for now and I think I can make a really strong case for Shutter Island. He is so, for as emotional as he is in that movie, he's so understated. And Michelle Williams and Mark Ruffalo are a great supporting cast behind him too. And I don't think that he overshadows anybody. Like I think they're all equally strong performers. Um, 
god i watched that movie that's probably of all leo's movies that's probably the one that i've showed the most to other people yeah see i've i've done that several times people ask me all the time like was shutter island a good movie i'm like <laughs> yeah well why we're talking about it absolutely it's a brilliant film and and i think that it gets forgotten about so easily because of inception yeah. you know Incep and inception i mean obviously I, we could talk about that one all day too because inception's a mass it's it's so it's good. What, it's what made me know that I can do movies for, for like, forever. That's, I love, what, that's what flipped the switch for The me. end of that movie, when I was, oh, I mean, so it's it's just so good. At, at that age, when I saw that film, I watched the end of that movie, and it was one of the first movies when I felt like I was a grown adult watching something, <laughs> and the ending actually made you think. And if it makes you think in a positive way, that makes such a great movie. It's like the ending of Prisoners, you know what I mean? Like. You yeah. don't really know what happened. So you can actually make up in your mind a hundred... And after I saw that film, and, and every time I watch it, I think of a hundred different scenarios of what potentially, you know, could happen at the end of some of these films. But Inception is such a beautiful film. It's just, yeah. you know, one way or another. And then, of course, you have Jay Edgar. He was... The it's, movie was okay. He was really good. He I was like. good. Yeah. And that's all we have to say about it. Okay. Yes. And Django, obviously. We got Django. Django. That's God tier. That is God tier. That is my number three Tarantino. And it's in my top five for Leo. Yeah, Django is so good. His, him in that, that film, especially, I don't know. He was just so ruthless. And you're right. It was the first time we saw him as a true villain. I think that's probably my favorite role of his outside of the cop out of like the Wolf of Wall Street. I do. Great Gatsby ranks up there pretty high for me with him as Jay Gatsby. That film just. it. That film. It just hit me on so many different emotional levels. I don't know. Gatsby was beautiful. Um, obviously, Wolf of Wall Street. We spoke about The Revenant, and then of course we spoke about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. But this okay, was. So, what is your top five? Oh my favorite. 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 Okay. So, Departed's one. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street's probably two. Um, three is Inception. Four, Catch Me If You Can. Five, Shutter Island. Okay, I would probably go. Oh man, I'd probably do Catch Me If You Can, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Departed. Oh, I hate those games. <laughs> so do I. I. I feel like I'm gonna like <laughs> listen back to this and be so mad at myself for picking the wrong movies. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. In terms of Inception, I prefer it for the movie as a whole than just his performance specifically. So Great. for that reason, I'm going to leave it out of my top five. Not because it doesn't have a place to be there, but because I'm going on performance. So okay. I'll go catch me if you can. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What did I say was my number three? Jane. Jane. Departed. Departed. Yes. No, let me make Jane go my number three. Okay. Then I would do Departed as my number four. And then... Oh boy. Maybe this is gonna be like <laughs> such a weird answer. I would probably do the aviators number five. Oh god, we didn't even talk he about is that. So I also watched the aviator today while driving through the stuff. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I mean there's no any of those could be in there. Shudder Island could be my top five. Yeah. Gatsby could be my top five. It really you know? could be. Like this I feel like Life could be top five. Romeo and Juliet could be. Titanic could be top five. Yeah. Like, what's eating Gilbert? Really what's eating Gilbert Grape could be top five performance wise for him. Like there's so many. I don't even know if I could like if I thought back of what I said in my top. I'm gonna listen back to this. I'm gonna be so mad at the five <laughs> like, movies. Like, so I'm gonna be wrong. so pissed <laughs> off. But all right. Well, this is a fun little DiCaprio esque uh, yeah. party celebrate birthday party celebration. I will propose a final question to you. Yes. Since we agree that he shouldn't have won for The Revenant, 
yes. pick one movie that you think he should have won for, regardless of whether or not he was nominated. One movie. He my should've... my pick is The Aviator. I think he should have won for The Aviator. What uh, to me easily, it's What's Eating Gilbert Grape. I I yeah. can't I can't like. I will go back to that one until the day I die. He deserved it, like, hands down. It blew me away. That movie, seriously, hands down. It's got to be What's Eating Gilbert. I can see The Aviator because he was fantastic in that. There's a lot of different roles that he was great in that he deserved it. I would have to go back and see who he's nominated against to make right, sure right. that. But for me, What's Eating Gilbert Gregg is, is hands down that movie for me. Like, Again, down. not a wrong answer. Exactly, and so bad. Like how we dissected his entire career, and it's so many great performances over, you know, a twenty-year span. Well, we didn't talk about the nineteen ninety-eight smash hit Don's Plum with we, his best friend Toby Maguire, which is actually banned in the continental United States. Is it really? It is. Why? Um, I forget that. Oh, I used to know so much about it. For some reason, and I don't remember if it boils down to like a distribution issue or like a censorship issue, but that movie, like maybe now it can because it's obviously been a couple years since I looked it up, but at one point that movie could not be like purchased or viewed in the United States. Like if you wanted to get that movie, you would have had to order it from like Canada. In a deposition given as part of a 98 lawsuit, which resulted in the film being banned in the country, DiCaprio and McGuire said it was because they never meant for the film school-like project to become a full-length feature. (laughs) <laughs> that's even better <laughs> oh, and also Celebrity which I believe was 97 or was that 98 as well which one? Celebrity yes that's 98 we also didn't mention him as Poison Ivy the yeah. Drew Barrymore movie no. he's an extra in that Critters yeah. 3 of Critters, course, so of course. Good. I could actually name every single one of his movies I won't but we skipped a few it's fine <laughs> We did. We did. We touched on a pretty. That's pretty crazy. That I, I don't. It blows my mind that we just talked about him for almost an hour, and it's just. There's blow- still so much more to say. There, exactly. <laughs> it's like, but yes, I love this podcast. We are. Go- we have talked already. We've got to catch up. We have seen so many movies yes. since the last time we conversated. So I'm seeing Charlie's Angels tonight. I saw I'm that seeing, Sunday, Saturday. I'm seeing Marriage Story finally the day oh. after tomorrow, and then Honey Boy on Thursday. I'm jealous. I'm actually seeing Wednesday. I'm seeing Knives Out, which that'll make. I'm seeing that Wednesday. I'm seeing Ford vs Ferrari okay. Friday. Yeah, exactly. I know Ford you were like. Ford vs Ferrari is amazing. Yeah. So, folks, do me a favor. Follow Kalina. Shut up, Kalina. We're gonna talk soon. That's me. Thanks for. That's me. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll talk to you guys later.